Hello, and welcome to State of Crime. One state, two murders, lots and lots of crime, especially this week. So yeah. um, We talked a little bit before we started. First of all, I'm, so- I'm sorry for the manly voice going on here. <laughs> I'm getting over a bit of a sickness or allergies or something, whatever it is. My head feels like it's three times the size that it actually is, but we're going to go with it. But we also talked a little bit about us probably being rage monsters this week. Yeah. Because that seems to be our new normal anyway. It so does. yes, yes. And so and we took our bye week. We did. So we've had a chance to rest up and let the rage fester. <laughs> yes. And there's been I don't know, a lot of stuff going on in our little community as well and it's just that time of year, I guess. So. Have you still been taking your little sabbatical from Facebook? I know, and I think I need to go back to taking my sabbatical because this week I saw a meme that was awesome, just awesome. It said, my my Facebook feed, James Charles abortion, James Charles abortion, James Charles abortion, James Charles abortion. And I felt like that was probably the most accurate thing I've ever seen. It was the most so. accurate thing because as little as I care about James Charles Same. or Tati Westbrook, Westbrook, I would be lying if I said I haven't kept in very much detail about what's happening. Because, like, I don't really care, but, like, what else better do I have to do? Well, to me, this is, it's so, it's the perfect example of everything that's wrong with social media and our culture where immediately people feel like they need to take sides and you need to finger point and blame and it it's a very complex issue i think and again i i haven't i'm sure i haven't done as much research as you have but i've done a little bit and it just seems like from a lot of what i hear from people around me again they're oversimplifying things they're taking one little element blowing it all out of proportion and like I said, I just feel like that is exactly why, first of all, I took your sabbatical. a sabbatical in the first place. And to tie it in, I was also listening, because this is to get very serious and, and tragic for a moment, they were talking about the fact that um, the suicide rate among young teenage girls has spiked like horribly over the last several years. And, you know, for a long time, young men committed suicide, were successful at least, way more than young women. And unfortunately, young women are catching up. And this is even given the fact that young men tend to use firearms, women tend to use some form of suffocation. And it's it, it was really, really a tragic thing. And they tied it very much to social media. That young women's, I mean, everybody is vulnerable to the ill effects of social media, but they said that young women in particular seem to be more sensitive to, you know, having a lot of self-esteem damage and, and some of these other things. So, I mean, I, I think it's something we're going to have to deal with in our culture. And I think it's weird because I'm very much one of those people who can sit on Facebook and scroll for hours And even over the last week or so, I have caught myself just being like, I don't want to be on the internet right now. Because it is very much like James Charles, internet Mm -hmm. drama, Mm -hmm. abortion, 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 abortion. And I'm like, I just don't want want to anymore. Well, like I said, it just makes me feel bad. What I find is that when I am 
online and looking at things. You know, I see things flash before my eyes. I read little snippets here and there, and I'm I'm having all of these emotional reactions to them as I scroll through. And I don't give my, and you don't have time to really process them, you know, and you realize, oh, I can't do anything about that, you know, but you're still building up those emotional reactions within yourself. Yeah. And I do think, I really do believe that takes a toll over time. And it also, I think, increases your feelings of helplessness, which are not psychologically helpful either. Yeah. So. Oh, on a different note, I meant to tell you about this the other day okay. and I didn't. Do you, <laughs> do you remember Joey Pugmire? Of course. Okay, so I, I don't know if you have friends. Joey. I don't know if you're friends with yes, him on Facebook. Uh, so have you started following his YouTube? I have not, and I want to. Okay, so I did just because, and he and I had a conversation about it after I was had started watching his YouTube videos, and I told him I was like, I know we were never like great friends, but I love pe- like seeing people live their best lives. Exactly. And so we were just like talking about that. But what made me message him in the first place was in one of his vlogs. He and one of his friends were talking about the fact that prostitution needs to be legalized. (laughs) And I was like, yay. So I messaged him and I was like, this is really funny that you're talking about that because this got talked about a couple of weeks ago and it was, it was really cool. That's awesome. So, but we also had the conversation like that we don't really understand why people live to break other people down so much. Right. Like how hard is it to really just want the best for people and to like lift people up instead of tearing them down and that's you know what it, i mean exactly. i just it does i don't it, i don't understand and it, and it just becomes far too easy so well we've really right? <laughs> wandered far 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 away we had from our bye week we needed a little intro there you to, like, go get yes. back into yeah. things so we are going to go this week to the lovely new england state of vermont nope try that again we're in delaware <laughs> Why did I write down Vermont? I don't know. We already did Vermont, actually, because Miss uh, Maria was in with us for Vermont. Do you see? Yeah. I can't take time off. Because... On the plus side, I do know that the case she picked is actually from Delaware and not Vermont. Well, and she knows this because she picked my case and texted it to me. So <laughs> Last night. So let us go to the fair and lovely New England state of Delaware. We're kind of going back to our podcast roots here because like I said Kaylin did pick this case for me and I was glad she did because it's the end of the school year and I'm hot mess and um anyway so and she did her due diligence and picked for me a case that has deep historical roots and also a woman perpetrator so also I knew she would hate it and I do and (laughs) but I think I'm going to end up I think I ended up hating it more for reasons that you wouldn't have assumed, and I'll tell you what those are in just a moment. Hmm. So this case is a doozy, and it did overlap very nicely. With my um, American literature class this year, I made them read Gone with the Wind because it's a flawed novel, I know. I hate that book so much. Winner of the 1936 Pulitzer Prize. It is still the number one selling American novel throughout the world. I don't know how because it's terrible. It def like I said, and that's one of the reasons I chose it because it is. So, I mean, definitely, it has huge problems when it comes to the portrayal of African Americans, and it's it's definitely an apologetic piece for slavery in many many ways. So that, like I said, but it tied in very nicely with my case. So, 
You sent me the name of a woman named Martha Patty Cannon, and it seems that she was known by Patty throughout her life. And he, right off the bat, I'll tell you my number one frustration with this case is I went through five or six different sources online, Murderpedia, Wikipedia, uh, Deadly Women did an episode about her. There were a couple of other, you know, odds and ends that I found online. Every single one of them was different. Oh, I hate that. I know. And so trying to piece together, you know, what is probably historical fact, I still, I, I'm sure I'm still not there because every source had basically the same pieces of information overall, but then they would string them together in the weirdest, most random ways and trying to put together one single coherent narrative on this one just made me insane. So I did end up going with the Deadly Women episode and it's available on YouTube so you guys can watch it. But just because I felt like that was probably, I don't, I don't know, like they probably had the most people working on it. And of course, I love me some Candace DeLong. Yep. I love her, so. <laughs> I think another thing that makes it hard, especially with the cases that you normally choose with them being so historical, is with the further back you go, the less documentation there right. is. And the more it's like playing telephone. Exactly. And there's usually a lot of sensationalized stuff mm -hmm. that, you know, a lot of tabloid sort of stuff. You know, we talk about that in modern times. Fake news has been around for a long time. Yeah. And so one of the first pieces that was associated with her was that she's also known as Lucretia Cannon. Well, there is absolutely zero evidence that she ever used the name Lucretia in her own time. Mm -hmm. But for the history buffs out there, Lucretia Borgia is a very famous woman she's um the daughter uh you know from the borgia clan in italy that's very well known and she in her lifetime also had a horrible reputation for being a murderess and poisoning her enemies and in lucretia the real lucretia borgia's case very likely most if not all of that was untrue it was just a way of demonizing her and her family huh. whereas patty cannon really was horrible and anyway so that was an interesting overlap i thought there so the reason that the case of patty cannon fit in so well with my gone with the wind unit is she is intimately involved with the slave trade here in the united states and so I think most people today really associate the slave trade primarily with the South, mm -hmm. and they really think of it as ending with the Civil War. And both of those things are very, very flawed. Many of the Northern states also, at, at least for some period of time, people owned slaves there. They were also part of the slave trade. They, many of the states then passed laws outlining it within their own, you know, borders. And it was definitely <clears throat> still practiced in the South, much longer than in many parts of the North. But this was the piece that I always think is very interesting. I think a lot of people don't realize. And that is that the United States Congress banned the importation of slaves quite a few years before the Civil War. Hmm. And in fact, they passed this law in 1808. So 
I believe this was, you know, an early attempt to try to deal with the slavery issue, saying, okay. And also part of that was because almost every other country that had ever been part of the slave trade had said, hey, we're done with it. You know, yeah. we're not doing this anymore. And so Congress passes this law in 1808. Well, in the United States, of course, slavery is still thriving, but now where are you going to get them? Yeah. So this leads to an illegal slave trade, of course, within the United States. And prices on slaves soared up to $1,000 a person. So. Which is expensive now, I, I know, but I, much less more. It's so much more expensive at that time. Yeah, I probably should have tried to figure out what the, you know, but I, I can't imagine, like, what $1,000 in 1808 must have been compared to today. Yeah. I mean, I think just that would probably be, you know, a huge house at the very least. So the way that many people dealt with the end of importing slaves into the country was they started to kidnap free blacks. So people who either had earned their freedom some way. And of course, in the North, you had a number of black Americans who had been brought here under various circumstances. Maybe they were the descendants of slaves, <clears throat> excuse me, in states that had since freed them, whatever the case may be. So our perpetrator, Patty Cannon, lives in a town that was known as Johnson's Corners. Today it's known as Reliance. And it's right on the border between Maryland and Delaware. So it almost seems like that border has shifted some over the years. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. sometimes it's been Maryland, sometimes it's been Delaware. Um, and then this is immediately where things get crazy. So we're not even sure exactly when she was born. Okay. Um, a couple, most of the sources said 1760. Okay. But some said that possibly she was born as late as 1769. So we've got, you know, a, a nine, ten year span yeah. there, right, where she's even born. And like you said, you know, sometimes it's hard to find those records. Um, and again, this was, again, frustrating because the sources said she was married to a local farmer named Jess Cannon and that she had a daughter with him. And there's a lot of information about her daughter, except for her name. I can, the daughter's name seems to be unknown. But then in Wikipedia, I saw that she also had a son with this man, but then I could never find any other mention of the son. So I don't know, possibly he died very young or who knows, right? So um, whatever the case may be, Patty Cannon becomes one of these people who decides that she is going to kidnap black Americans who are free and sell them into slavery. She's not the only one. And she also, she's not the only person to decide this. And she's also not the only person to do this in her thing. So she puts together a gang basically. And there's a few instances throughout history of, you know, women creating criminal gangs. And she is one of them. And one of the reasons that people focused on kidnapping blacks who are already free was it was the easiest thing to do you know so if you tried for instance to kidnap slaves from one plantation and sell them to another 
then the, that brought the law down on you. So it was easier to do this. Um, also, some of the historical things said that after this importation ban on slaves in 1808, just four years later, you have the War of 1812. Okay. And that... The war also created certain political and economic situations that made this internal illegal slave trade much easier as well. Okay. So, um, like I said, really hard to piece together some of these pieces of information. I'm sure that if I went and did more research, this narrative would get changed again. So just bear with me. Like I said, I ended up really focusing on deadly women and also i think uh, some of the wikipedia article seemed to also put together some of the pieces of evidence from the other sources better than anybody else so and i know wikipedia get, doesn't always get a lot of love but in this case i'm going to give it some and one of the things that really struck me in the deadly women piece was candace delong said patty cannon could be the ringleader of all the deadly women. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. So dramatic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and she just seems awful. So she reminded me, if any of you have watched American Horror Story, Kathy, oh, I, I should have looked it up, but Kathy Bates plays um, a, a woman who owned slaves in Louisiana and was notorious for torturing them and being really, really brutal. And this Patty Cannon reminds me a lot of that woman as well. So, like we said, she's born somewhere between 1759, that was the earliest source I found, and 1769. And most records of her criminal doings start in 1821, which means that she was somewhere between 51 and 61 years old at that time. And I just don't believe that she just suddenly turned criminal, especially given that she's not just in the slave trade for money. Yeah. She does a lot of things that show that she enjoys torture and killing. And there's definitely some very strong sociopathic tendencies, here, or at least psychopathic tendencies yeah. here. So, again, frustration with the historical record. Um According to Murderpedia, her victim count is somewhere between 4 and 11 plus. Given the nature of her business... We assume it's much larger than Probably that. higher, yes. Those and, are probably just confirmed. Mm -hmm, or right. almost confirmed because they still don't have an actual number. Exactly. So... Um, like I said, she marries this Jesse Cannon. We don't even know. I couldn't even find a year for that. But I did. it did say he was dead by 1826. So there's some overlap between this 1821 date when she first kind of enters the historical record with her criminal doings. So obviously her first husband was a part of it, and then her second husband also is a part of it. Also, like I said, her daughter. So her daughter, whose name is never known, Married a blacksmith named Henry Brereton. I almost thought you said that her. I almost thought you were about to say that her daughter married a black man, and I was about to see how <laughs> ironic that was. But well, okay, hold on to that. We'll talk about oh. that in a little bit. There's there is some irony of some of that in a moment. Um, I don't know. Blacksmithing's just not paying so well anymore. 
but he too is part of this gang. So it seems to have been like a, a family affair. <laughs> Although there were also a number of other people involved. And here's where I said, hold on to the irony card. Many of them were also black. What? Or at least partially black. What? There was one particular man who was described as being quote unquote. And yes, this is a racist term, but that's this is how he's... Uh, described in the historical record as being high yellow, which was a term that was used for somebody usually who was mixed race. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, so the first thing that we have is that this Henry Burlington that was married to her daughter in 1811 is arrested for kidnapping and kidnapping in association with this illegal, you know, cap kidnapping of free black Americans and selling them into slavery. He's convicted and he's imprisoned in 1811. He manages to escape. However, he's captured again and then he was hanged with another man for a murder. How much all of this was directly connected with Patty Cannon and this gang that she has and their, you know, trade in slavery, I'm not sure. That, you have to kind of assume that it was probably all fairly related to each other. That was my assumption. And yet, like I said, it was very hard to find cold, hard evidence. So, um, so uh, anyway, after Henry is hanged for this murder, her daughter remarries a man named Joe Johnson. And again, this is also where things get weird because sometimes this Joe Johnson is referred to as her daughter's husband. So Patty's son-in-law, but sometimes he's referred to as Patty's husband. And again, I, I don't know why it's so difficult to get all the clarity here, but it is. Maybe he was both their husband. Possibly. Who knows? So Maybe jo they were sister wives. <laughs> Who knows? Ew. So, <laughs> so Joe Johnson owns a tavern just a few miles from the Cannon's house. And this tavern also becomes kind of a, a hub or a hive for a lot of criminal activity. And both the tavern and their house become the center for what's known as the Cannon Johnson Gang. Like I said, it's made up of whites and blacks. And um, the brother of Patty's daughter's first husband, Henry Burlington, who was hanged, his brother is also a member of this gang as well. So his brother's, you know, conviction didn't scare him off either. And the fact, you know, I think that's one thing that's a difficult part of the, um, the discussion around slavery in America is that you did have black people who were involved in the slave trade. And I don't know, there, there was the movie that came out along, I don't know, probably 20, 30 years ago that uh, Steven Spielberg made. And I'm trying to think of the title of it. Um, oh, it's driving me crazy. I want to say it was called The Ar Armistead. And it's about a slave ship that the slaves revolt and then they sue the United States government for their freedom and the, the leader of the slaves that you know helps this to happen you know of course in the movie it's all very inspiring well in real life after the case was over 
he himself bought a ship and became a slave trader. Jesus. Yeah. So, and this is also, I mean, this brings up a whole interesting side conversation about identity politics that, you know, maybe we can get into some other time. So, like I said, um, the uh, Danger or Deadly Women video picks up in 1810. So that would have been a year before Henry's arrest and hanging. They start their narrative in the year 1810, talking about Patty Cannon being the leader and her first husband, Jesse, also being a part of this. They talked about the fact that she herself would often dress as a man, probably, I mean, to, I don't know, to get closer to people. I, I'm not sure why. And they kidnapped men, women, and children. So I'm wondering if her dressing as a man maybe was to help her hide her identity in case that some of the people that she was trying to kidnap end up getting away. They, If they go tell anybody, or if they like try to tell the authorities, they're like, oh, this man tried to kidnap us, and then she's kind of off the, off the grid because she's a woman. Right. Well, and here's what's interesting. So like I said, you know... Um, Deadly Women covers this time from 1810 to 1829 as mm -hmm. the time span of her murders. Um, another, I think Murderpedia focused in on 1821 to 1829, which doesn't seem right at all. It seems like much more likely it was this 20, you know 19 year time span. Yeah. So anyway, so they they start off talking about her and how you know they are. They'll, they'll kidnap anybody they can get their hands on, basically, you know, to, to sell into slavery. So men, women, children, obviously many of them had been born free in yeah. the North. And Patty would had several places in her house, secret rooms and things, where she would chain them up and torture them. And she did this. This guy, Joe Johnson, did it. And in fact, uh, Patty's daughter was quoted as saying that she really liked watching him beat people and they would beat and torture these people to break their spirit you know and make them to, to i guess to prepare them for slavery yeah and this also seems to be when some of the murders started because if they could not break a person's spirit then it seemed, them. yeah patty murdered them so and we do actually have accounts of victims who were freed in 1826. Now, how they were freed, why they were freed, again, I don't know. Like I said, there's a lot of weird glitches and dates and things that don't, really yeah, up. they don't cohese very well for me. But um, like I said, there was an abolitionist journal called the African Observer, and it did publish uh, narratives from people who had managed to uh, escape or be freed, I guess, hmm. from from this gang. The other thing that you know you just brought up about her dressing as a man to protect her identity doesn't seem like it was not that necessary. Yeah, there's pretty good evidence that local law enforcement pretty much knew what was going on because, like I said, it wasn't just them either. Yeah, there were a lot of these slave traders meeting at the tavern um, besides them, you know, and they think that also possibly maybe some of the police were afraid to confront them. Or because, they were involved. Well, there you go, there too, you know, or that they were just afraid because of the reputation for violence, but... 
they were probably involved. Yeah, I, I have a hard time denying that. But again, I couldn't find any hardcore history. Yeah. So, like I said, in the Deadly Women episode, they kept pointing out to that it seems like Patty enjoyed this. Like I said, it wasn't just a business enterprise. She enjoyed the process of, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally tormenting people. And like we said, so the tavern was also a place where other slave traders would come, probably to do their own business and also to do business with Patty and her gang. And apparently one guy came in, had a whole lot of money on him, and they got very greedy and decided, we're not going to do business with him. We are just going to kill him. And take his money. And take his money. Okay. Right. And Deadly Women maintains that this was while she was first married to her first husband, Henry. But nothing seems to have come of it, you know. And like I said, this was killing a white man, which is going to play in big later on when she does end up getting arrested. Yeah. So it's, you know, I don't know if maybe it wasn't discovered till quite a bit later. Again, this was all kind of weird. Um, after that happens, that's also, they said, when Henry her son-in-law that ends up getting hanged, was also arrested, and that that did also break up the gang for a while, and everybody laid low. But very quickly, Patty reunited everybody, and they were up and running again. And we do know that she killed a number of people, as we said, um, including children. Ugh. Which, yeah. So we know she killed one child who wouldn't stop crying. And then there was an incident where she believed that her husband had slept with a quote-unquote servant. And deadly women portrayed it as a black woman. So, um, I, I don't know, slept with as much as raped or, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, it really, really pisses me off when you hear these stories of people killing children. Yeah. Because they won't stop crying. That is what children do. I know. I know, honey. Well, this one's worse. So she's convinced that her husband had an affair or raped, like I said. I'm not sure what the dynamics were here. And had a baby with this woman. So she goes in, takes the baby... One of the accounts said that she laid the baby in her apron and walked out of the room with it. And, of course, the baby was never seen again. And she murdered it. So this is very reminiscent. I'm sorry that we're going a little bit off subject here, but I started watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> and I'm in season two where they just... Well, I've, I'm almost done with season two. But where they kill all of King Robert's bastards, including yes. the baby that they had to rip from the mother's arms. Yes. Oh, that, that scene pissed me off. Oh, honey, you're in for a whole lot more getting pissed off with Game of Thrones, let me tell you. So I'm super excited about the finale tomorrow night. So, yes. And there's a lot about Patty that very Queen Cersei-ish. Or she, she would fit in. Fuck Queen yes. Cersei. <laughs> I hate her. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, Patty would fit in well with the whole Game of Thrones uh, <laughs> moral ambiguity there. But anyway, she um, she makes a lot of money during this time. And like I said, so... In my timeline, the next definite date that I have is 1829. And 
like I said, I wish I could string this together better for our listeners and I apologize. It's crazy. And one again of her servants, which I'm pretty sure that nobody that was working for her as a quote unquote servant was actually a servant. Even though she lives in Delaware, I just feel like she had to have been treating these people like slaves, given yeah. who she is. So anyway, he's out digging on the property. Why he was digging, I don't know. And he discovers a trunk, a large trunk that has been buried. For some reason, the police are called. Again, maybe he goes and does it. I'm not sure. And there is more than one, the remains of more than one body in that trunk. Ugh. And it seems like there was more than one child. Sad. Yes. Bitch. Yeah. Ugh. I know. And after that happens, one of the gang members, at least, you know, turns and decides to cooperate with the police and tells of three murders. And like I said... Murderpedia said there were definitely four, that there were four bodies found on the property, and then, of course, there had to have been a whole bunch more. Um, but that was how this played out. So, Patty's put in jail, which I know makes you happy. No, I'd rather them just kill her. But well, Do we they, get there? Do they kill her? Do they hang her? They probably would have, had she ever made it to trial. Okay. she kill herself? She does. Oh, God. So on the 11th of May, 1829, Patty Cannon is found dead in her cell. Good. Very likely the belief is that she did, in fact, poison herself. Good for yes. her. And Candace DeLong, as I, as I have often heard her say about serial killer murderers of this sort, that they also have very strong control issues and they don't want to give anyone else the satisfaction of taking their lives so they take their own at least she made one good decision in her life yes to and kill herself yeah and so that is the horrific tale of patty cannon you know of delaware as angry as that did make me i feel like it didn't do it did it wasn't it wasn't as bad as i expected it to be mm-hmm. we it wasn't that last episode we did what was that last episode? Which one, honey? The one where I was a super rage monster. Oh. What was his name? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. You, you, only, said his, you only said his name once the rest of the time. That's right, because I was so mad. I just called him the piece of shit. Oh, my nursing home. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Robert Kenneth Stewart. I don't. That was the, mm-hmm. so far the one case that has made me the angriest. Also, as we're recording this, uh, Jenna has posted on our discussion group because she got her sticker. Oh, good. Yay! That makes me happy. Well, shout out to you, Jenna. We haven't talked about you yet. She's yes. also very involved in our... Oh, good. We love our listeners who are all involved and we do. help us out. So, yeah. So, like I said, this was a case that... Yeah, I hated it. You're right. I hated it. And... For all my usual reasons. But like I said, I get so frustrated when you're trying to look back. And I, I that says something, too, about our history. Mm-hmm. That so many of these things aren't very, doc, you know, well documented. Yeah. You know? so. I do think that that's one of the better things as we have gone through the years is mm-hmm. we do tend to document things a lot better now. Mm-hmm. Things are a lot more documented. So you think... 200 300 years from now there will hopefully be 
the same better kind of documentation than we have for yes you know what i mean right right so but anyway so thanks again for listening we will be returning to our lovely state of delaware on thursday yes not Which vermont delaware me <laughs> me just doing the research for my episode on thursday turned me into a rage monster so <laughs> much i don't know and I already sound like a man, so God knows what Thursday's episode's gonna <laughs> gonna bring you. So good luck to you all. Make sure that you like us on Facebook, yes. join our discussion group, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, which I believe we are both very slacking a lot on. Oh yeah, I haven't posted on Twitter forever. I'm really yeah, sorry, I people. Yeah, I haven't posted on so, Instagram in a yeah. long time. But if you are listening on an Apple product, make sure you rate and review us. It helps us tremendously. And until next time. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.